Hey, this is Michael Moosey from Netflix's Kim's Convenience, and I'm sitting here with Elias, and you're listening to The Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of The Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal! You're my boy, boo! Yo, Adrian! I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah! TV. Nice! Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the man cave, your host, Elias. Michael, welcome to the cave. Thank you for having me. How are you, man? What's new with you? What's new? Um, I'm quarantining. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm with my sister and my brother-in-law, and my my three-year-old niece. So I'm very I can't complain. I'm with family. Um, trying to stay motivated, trying to write, and you know, uh, <laughs> keep creative juices flowing. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I can't complain. Yeah, how you been dealing with the whole you know self quarantine and stuff like that? You can't do anything pretty much. <laughs> yeah, uh, how am I dealing with it? I guess. You know, I'm in a good position. I'm with my family. I'm cooking a lot. Uh, I feel like when I get when I get a little restless, I make. Uh, I've been making a lot of Montreal bagels, uh, and then just dropping them off at some friends' houses. <laughs> I feel like that's what I do when I'm just like, "What do you do?" I just drop them off at people's por- on people's porches, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm uh, my family's half. I'm half Greek, half uh, Syrian Turkish. So you know, our way of dealing with stuff is just cooking and feeding people. That's so right. that's what I'm doing. Well, I'm I'm a hundred percent Greek, so I know all about it. There you go, exactly. <laughs> so, man, you've been busy the last few years. You know, you've done some acting, producing, filmmaking, and everybody knows you from Netflix's Kim's Convenience. So, we'll talk about that. But let's talk a little more about you. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from Montreal. Um, I grew up in Montreal, and I left there when I was about 19. I moved to New York City for three years to go to school, and then uh, and then I moved to Toronto, and I've been in Toronto ever since. Uh, what made you move back to Canada? You know, I love New York. I love New York, and I'm a, and I'm I am a theater kid at heart. Theater is kind of like what I fell in love with, and, and TV has only really been a part of my life for the last five years or so. But uh, New York just it kind of felt a little impossible. You know, it uh, it, it felt like. Uh, it was already a hard enough city to to kind of break in break into the acting world in that city, but being a Canadian as well, with all those restrictions of visas and whatnot, I was just kind of like, you know, everyone's advice was go back to Canada, get a resume, and then come back to the states. And then uh, and then I moved to Toronto, and I realized that we have such a thriving film scene over here that I uh, just never left. Mm. Well, was it a what's the big difference between living in New York and living in Toronto? Because Toronto's pretty big too. Yeah, I mean, Toronto's, Toronto's big for Canada. It's not big for when you go to New York City. Yeah. And whenever I go back to New York visit and I come back to Toronto, I'm like, whoa, that's, you really feel the difference. But I'd say the main the main differences for me was just, um, you know, I, there's it's, it's hard to really pinpoint, but there is something different about Canadians and Americans. And you only kind of really feel it when you're, there for a for a little bit of time like i was and I, when i was in new york i was like yeah this feels just like home and i was and i was really happy to be there and then i moved back to canada and i was like yeah there's a difference i don't really know i don't i don't want to say the stereotypical you know people are friendlier here but there is something different about the people that i can't really pinpoint and so it did feel you know when i came back i was happy to be home but i don't know i just uh, yeah i don't really know the main differences i do think that you know new york is just bigger and it's harder and things just you know things things seem a little harder to kind of 
do in New York City, especially in my in my career. But in and in Toronto, it felt a little bit more manageable. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I don't know. I guess at the same at, at the end of the day, it's the same. It's the same struggles. It's a smaller pool. It's 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 a smaller pool, but uh, and there there are less jobs. Um, but maybe it's a little bit easier here. I don't. I can't really tell you. Yeah. It might be the whole. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's like the whole like. When I go to Greece and I visit Greece, you know, it's like that whole European thing. It's a different atmosphere, you know, so maybe that's what it is between the U.S. and Canada also. Yeah, I mean, Toronto, I mean, New York City is like crazy multicultural. And yeah. It's all like, you know, being there. The thing about Montreal and Toronto are actually quite different to me. Like moving to, when I moved from Montreal to New York, I was like, I can easily make this place my home. When I moved to Toronto, it took me like a good year to, to be able to, call this place my home because it's quite different. I feel Montreal is so multicultural. The The culture is so alive. Um, I grew up in a suburb of Montreal that's very Greek. And, you know, like every, all of my friends speak Greek and, and, and it just, uh, the culture felt like it was very, very, very alive. Mm. And then the same with New York. And then I came to Toronto and I don't know, I felt like that, the, the, the culture wasn't quite there that I was used to having in both of those cities. So that was a bit of an adjustment for sure. Um, yeah, I would say that was probably, probably a big adjustment to have, but, but yeah, I think, you know, all three cities are great. I, I can't complain. I've lived in three amazing cities and, and now I absolutely love Toronto. Mm. So like, let's go a little bit back. You know, you said you grew up in Montreal. Like what were you into as a kid? And did you have any idea that you wanted to get into like the entertainment industry? Um, I mean, I was, you know, as a young kid, I did a lot of the, you know, soccer and hockey stuff. Uh, and then I, as I got older, I realized that really wasn't my thing. Uh, and, you know, acting, acting is a thing that you kind of, especially when you come from a family that a, a Greek and, you know, Turkish family, my dad was born and raised in Turkey and came over here when he was like 18. So, you know, acting, it wasn't really an option yeah. as a career in my mind. Um, but I saw a play that my cousin was in, which was like, um, it was like, there was music and dance and, and acting. It was like, um, I guess like a variety show of some kind. And I saw it when I was eight years old and it blew my mind. And then I was just like acting at home and putting on little skits. And every Christmas we would do plays for my aunts and uncles that I would like direct and star in. And then uh, when I got to high school, we had a really awesome drama program, and that's kind of where I started exploring that. And when my dad came to see, I remember when my dad came to see my first play, he was kind of like, "Oh, like this is this is what really makes you happy." And I have to give credit credit to my dad because you know, for you know, an an immigrant who moved to Canada and who just wanted his kids to be like doctors and lawyers, for as soon as he saw that I was so in love with acting, at, even just at like eighteen or sixteen years old, he supported me fully sent me to school in new york like never has never once questioned it is like so on board hmm. that's kind of funny yeah because because exactly what you were just saying is like exactly like what i went through it's like you know typical you know greek old-fashioned my dad you know i had to go to school to be a teacher and or accountant or yeah. something that you knew you were gonna have a job after you were done with everything for sure for sure yeah so that's why i, I do feel really you know blessed that my yeah. My dad fully, both my parents just really supported me. Yeah. So like what you told them, okay, this is what I want to go do. Like, how did that go? Like, what was the next step? Um, I don't think I ever really like told them before I got into the school in New York. Um, I was, I was in, um, so we have a thing in, in Quebec called CJEP, which is basically between high school and 
and university, it's like um, we, we graduate a year earlier in high school. So it's kind of like two years to kind of figure out what you want to do. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter what you study because as long as you get a degree. So I, I went into theater and they knew I loved theater. But they weren't too concerned that that was going to be my life. It was just, okay, like, do your theater thing, get your degree, and then decide what you want to do. And then one night, I was up late at night, and I saw, uh, I was Googling schools in New York, and I saw the American Academy of Dramatic Arts was uh, had auditions in Toronto, and I submitted. And then when I got that audition, I think that's when my parents were like, oh, you, you really, really want to do this. And then, yeah, I, like I said, man, I, 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 I didn't get any kind of pushback. They were that's fully great. supportive. And, uh, yeah, I'm very lucky. How would you describe like your experiences taking like acting lessons? Uh, I would say, um, you know, I think people assume that acting is one thing and then you get into it and you're like, Oh, it's a lot harder. <laughs> it's a lot harder than, than it's than just saying words and memorizing them and whatnot. So I started taking acting lessons when I was in high school and, and then I started realizing, I think pretty quickly that comedy was my thing. Uh, and then focused in on and on a comedy, and you know, I I've never stopped training. Uh, I've I still take acting classes today. I don't think it's a thing that you learn and then you just do it. I think you have to keep working on it to keep getting better and keep improving. So, yeah, I'm still I'm still in school. Mm. What's what do you think has been the best experience you've had so far in acting school? Uh, in acting school, I yeah. would oh, I would say. Um, well, that's a good question. Uh, you know, the thing is, is when you're in New York City studying, um, the thing about New York that's incredible is that, you know, acting and theater is everywhere, right? There's amazing Broadway theaters off Broadway, little tiny little black box theaters in the middle of, you know, a, a restaurant. Uh, so having that to your disposal while you're studying is amazing. So being able to like, you know, I remember I got a scene from, Danny in the Deep Blue Sea, and I was playing a character that was really different from me, and he was really rough, and he was from the Bronx. And so just being able to kind of <laughs> take the subway up to the Bronx and study people and watch people and uh, learn the accents and then get back in class and kind of transform, I felt that when I, was, when I realized that I had the capability of doing that, of just becoming somebody else and really embodying someone by putting in the work and studying people, yeah. I think that's what made me fall so hard in love with uh, the whole process. Mm -hmm. Is there any difference between like the acting schools like that you did like or the acting classes that you did in New York compared to like the ones you do in Toronto now? You know, I would say I would say the <laughs> this is I think where the Canadianness comes into play, where I feel like there, it's no bullshit in New York, and whereas in Canada I felt it was hard for me to find a place where they didn't just kind of. Um, protect your ego, you know, and be really kind to you. And I really wanted, I really missed when I moved to Toronto, I really missed the, the really aggressive, no bullshit approach that right. they had in New York city. <laughs> um, but you know, I've, I've found teachers in Toronto that, um, that are incredible and, uh, and, but it took a little bit of searching. Whereas in New York, I mean, they, people don't beat around the bush, you know, they tell you how it is. Mm. And, uh, and I like that. So when I was doing some research on you, like, how did you fall into like a uh, voiceover acting for like video games? Uh, well, that actually is just stri strictly because I'm Greek. Uh, they uh, <laughs> were cast they were casting for uh, that um, Odyssey, and uh, they just basically called in all. Because uh, I'm not, I'm really not a voiceover actor by any means. I, I I have done quite a few gigs, but that's definitely not my specialty. But they were just looking for 
people that can do good Greek accents. So I had to go in and do a couple of, you know, monologues. It was actually an audition that was very much like uh, an on-camera audition. It's like, you know, I was on camera when I did the audition itself. And I think I did a monologue from like 300 or something. It was like oh, wow. some kind of Spartan. Yeah, and then, uh, and then I booked the part and that's pretty, yeah, that's the only video game I've, uh, I've done, but that was really fun. It was really fun. And it was really awesome because I've never got the opportunity to use my, my Greek accent or, you know, uh, the Greek language at all in any of my work before. So being able to speak a little bit of Greek and do the Greek accent was, was quite fun. Now, did you, when you did that, did you have to go and record in a studio or did you have to, you could have done everything from home? No, no, that was in a studio. It was okay. in a studio with the director. And then um, Ubisoft's head office is in um, Montreal and I was, and I'm living in Toronto. So they patched in them and yeah, it was oh, just like six awesome. hours in like a tiny room. I had to say like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's really fun, but then it gets really repetitive. Like I remember I had to say the word like stop in like, like 70 different times in different ways. And after like three different ways of saying the word stop, you're like, how else do I say, <laughs> how else do I say this word? Like just gonna be like stop, 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 stop. So you know, you're like, you're like, is that? Am I giving you what you need? And they're like, yeah, just keep going. I'm like, all right. So I said the word stop for like about an hour. Would you ever do another video game if you have the option? If you have the chance? Yeah, for sure. You know what, man? Like, I'm I'm open to to everything. I uh, I had a ton of fun doing it. It was a little bit out of my comfort zone, but yeah, I had I had a ton of fun. And you know, it's it's nice to be able to go to show up at a job and not really care. You know, as actors, we're so insecure about kind of how we look on camera and what we're doing on camera and get, removing yeah. that completely and just focusing on the voice. It's really fun to kind of just play with that one aspect, you know, uh, uh, of the uh, of your craft, I guess. And, um, yeah, I'll do it again for sure. I actually really want to do, um, like, the motion capture as well. I would love to do that. I don't think I'm um, – I don't know if I'm fit enough to, to, to play a warrior in a Greek uh, video game, <laughs> but – but listen, if they want to get me a trainer, I'm on board. There you go. So, <laughs> so I mentioned now, you know, you star on Netflix as Kim Convenience. Uh, for the listeners real quick that haven't seen it, uh, tell us what the show's about. Yeah, so Kim's Convenience is a story about a Korean-Canadian family that own a convenience store in in Toronto. And it's kind of about, um, you know, the the it's it's about family and it's about love and it's about these people who have this store and make connections with these customers that come in it's about raising uh you know first generation canadians uh their children um that they have a really strained relationship with their son and um it's really truly just about family you know and i think everybody can relate to it uh i know that when i first read the scripts as a greek turkish canadian it felt like i was reading a story about my grandparents or my parents um it's really just about like you know the canadian experience and it's it's such a lovely show it's just like a warm hug uh i think it's funny and it's uh it's it's i think it's what people need right now you know mm. so what uh tell us about your audition when you first went in there for this so when i first went in actually when i first went in to audition for the show i got the I got the script uh, and the I got the audition. My my agent sent it to me and she said, "You have an audition for this show called Kim's Convenience." And I had seen the play; it was originally a play, and um, and so I knew it was going to be a pretty big deal. But when I when I opened up my sides, uh, I had my I had one word. That was all I had. It was one episode, one word, and the word was "hey." <laughs> and I and my acting wasn't going very well at this point, and so I just started a new job at a restaurant as a bartender. 
And I told my agent, I was like, I don't, I, I had wine training that day. It was my first wine training. I was like, I can't really screw up this job right now. I need this job. And I don't know if I, if it's worth it for me to go in for this one word of this role. And the thing is, as actors, you have to keep in mind, you know, if I go in for this show and I, and I say, Hey, in one episode, I can never work on that show again, unless they bring that character back. I can't ever audition for the show again. Cause I've already done the show. Yeah. And do I really yeah. want to waste my one shot of being on the show with one word in one episode? So I told my agent, I was like, I don't know if I can go to this audition. I have wine training. And she said, well, why don't you go in earlier? And I said, okay. So I showed up earlier and they gave me another line. Uh, and then I, I did it, uh, and uh, I booked the part, and then they told me it actually might be two episodes. And I was like, that's incredible, two episodes. Uh, that's more than I've ever done on a TV show. Two episodes is huge. And then I did the two episodes, and then they called me back for a third episode, and then a fourth episode. And then I ended up doing seven episodes in the first season, and then uh, and then I've been in almost every episode since i think i've been doing like 10 to 11 out of 13 episodes a season and then i just became a, a series regular on the show it's like truly you know it's, it's it's what all actors kind of dream of when you go in for these little roles is you hope that maybe it could turn into something bigger and it rarely does mm. and the fact that it happened is so incredible so now you play terrence how would you describe the character of terrence oh boy uh terrence is like uh, is like a lovable, awkward, clueless nerd. Uh, he's um, he's like the butt of all jokes. He's like the uh, he's the guy that everybody picks on. He's super gullible and and you know he's like the guy that sees like good in everything. So he, you know, he's the type of person that will be like he'll find out that he didn't get invited to the party and he'll be like, uh, you know, I'm sure they were at capacity. You know, like just he's the good in every situation. Uh, we could all afford to be, I think, a little bit like. Although he is a little naive, but. He's just a lovable, good, goofy guy. He's um, he's so much fun to play. It's so fun to play him. Uh, it's like my, you know, it's 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 what I love to do best. He, uh, yeah, I guess that that's I guess that's Terrence in How, uh, in a nutshell. Like, have you had, have you been able to put like your own input in the character? Like, have their writers ever asked you like, is there anything you want to change about him or like a certain line or anything like that? <laughs> You know, n not in that way, but there wasn't there. The thing that I love about this show in particular is that um, because it started off as a play, a lot of the people behind this are theater people, and theater in theater, unlike TV, you really have they really allow you to explore the character almost on your own, and like you bring what you bring forward, and then they kind of work with that. And I kind of felt that way with the show where. They, I didn't walk in and they said like, okay, this is what we need from you and whatever. They just kind of said like, do your thing. And, um, and I played him how I wanted to play him. And That's they great. kind of went with kind of, yeah, they just, you know, they're so, we have amazing directors and the, the showrunners of the show are incredible. And they just really let you kind of, not that they just like, you know, there is, there is direction and there's a lot of times where they kind of steer me in a, in a, in a different direction than I originally thought. But for the most part, they, they really let you play and, and do your own thing. And, you know, they let us improv a little bit on set as well, which is great. And, um, and I've never felt like I couldn't step up and be like, can I try this thing this way really quick? And they're always like, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times that's what you end up seeing on camera. What do you think has been the biggest challenge portraying the character? Have you had any uh, challenges? Yeah. I mean, I would say like having a small character that eventually built into a, uh, 
you know, a, a serious regular, you, I felt like I had to really make, uh, I, I really wanted him to be relatable and to be a, a well-rounded character. And so kind of, uh, once I realized that he was there to stay, I think it was just kind of really creating a, a, a clear, um, you know, a clear idea of who this person was so that, uh, he wasn't just, you know, a, a, a goofy guy that came in and got yelled at and walked away. I really want him to be a, a, a full, well-rounded person. And so kind of creating that and sitting down and, you know, writing his life and, and realizing who he, he was, uh, was a bit of a challenge, but, you know, now we've been doing it for four seasons and, and I think we all know who these characters are and we all love each other. And, uh, now it's just, it's like an absolute pleasure to, to be on that set. Yeah. If Terrence was a real person, would you be friends with him? Well, that's a good question. I would, uh, <laughs> I would, uh, I, I would, I would appreciate him and I would, uh, I would have a coffee with him. I don't know that I would be his roommate. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think he's a little too neurotic for, yeah. for, for, <laughs> for that, but he's, uh, but I mean like heart of gold. So like, how is it working with the cast and like, what's the vibe on the set? I mean, the vibe is pretty much what you see in the show. It's it's a comedy, which is light, yeah. uh, you know, and so going to set is, we laugh a ton, like we laugh a ton. It's, you know, we have long days and stuff, but we all really love each other. We're all really close friends, you know, um, because there's, there's very distinct uh, worlds in the show. There's the convenience store, there's Janet's apartment, there's um, Kim Chi and, and Jung's apartment, and then there's our car rental agency handy the handy world itself when we get the set we're shooting in that place the whole day and and there's not many of us there's like six or seven of us and so we're all pals we all hang out outside of uh outside of set we've all become really close and so yeah it's, it's really just like hanging out with your friends and 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 making a show that you're really proud of we're all so excited we all watch each other if i'm doing a scene on my own like i remember when i did like um i did a scene this year where i kind of lost my mind because i was missing a puzzle piece and you know turned the table upside down and whatnot and i it was really nice to see that like even though it was a scene that was pretty much on my own everyone was kind of behind the cameras watching we just all kind of support each other and we're all kind of there for each other uh, i think it's i mean i'm it, it really is a dream job i'm very very lucky mm-hmm. What's your favorite Terrence moment? Like, do you have a favorite scene? Uh, um, I would say definitely the puzzle one was was uh, was a really good, was a really big one. Um, I had to um, this year. There was an episode where I, me and Kim Chi were kind of competing of who could eat spicier food, and so I had to eat a lot of. Um, fake wasabi on sushi and uh an indian food and it was uh, it was kind of like a battle between the two of us that was a really fun episode to shoot because uh me and andrew are are really good friends and uh being able to shoot that 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 episode was quite fun um yeah i would say i would say that was a big one this year that i had a lot of fun with that's awesome so now you like i mentioned you've been you know you've been acting for a few years now like uh as an actor what do you enjoy more self-tape or auditioning in front of people Always auditioning in the room, always, yeah. uh, which is pretty, uh, you know, different for every actor. A lot of actors really like self-taping at home because you can, you know, you can do it a million times and until you get it right. But I'm not good at that. I'm not a good, per- I, I can't watch my tapes and, and, and be, um, you know, and lo- really look at the work. I look at 
the, the way that my face looks and what I'm doing with my hands and all of that stuff. And so I end up just picking the thing that I think looks better, which isn't always the best take. Yeah. And I'm really hard on myself. And so I don't like that. I feel like when I go in the room, you know, and, and you talk to the, the, the casting director and you kind of get a vibe going and then you go and you do the work and you leave. I think it's just like a, it's just a healthier way to do it. I think in my opinion, you know, it's done. You can't see what it is. It's in their hands. Now the job is done. If I do a self tape, I mean, you could spend like hours dissecting everything you do. And I just don't think it's, yeah. <laughs> I just don't think it's very helpful. You ever walked out of a, a live audition and like, you know, hours later, you're like, or you're driving back and you're like, oh man, I should have done it this way. Or I should have, you know, your thoughts are going through your head like, like they're racing. Oh yeah. Every single audition I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> I mean, how, yeah, every single time you're just like, oh, I could have done this or I could have done that. But you know, again, like, you know, you, you could have done anything yeah. and you did, you did what you did in that moment because that's all right. And, uh, how can you, I don't know, how can you fight with that? Like you, there's only so much you can do. I think I, the older I get, the better I am at being like, you know, as long as I feel like I prepared as much as I could have prepared, yeah. then all of the other stuff is out of my control. If I forgot a word or I, you know, or I did something that I wanted to do differently, then that's what happened in the moment. And there's nothing you could do about it. The only time I feel, the only time I really beat myself off is, my, I beat myself up is if I know that I didn't put the work in, hmm. you know, if I didn't put the work in, then I'm like, that was on me. You know, I could have done more, but if I put the work in, then that, that's all you can do. Yeah. What do you do before you go, before you go to a live audition? Do you do anything like before that? Like some people say they don't talk to anybody. Other people say I go to my car and I sit there for an hour before I have to walk in the room. <laughs> like, what's your thing? Uh, I, you know, lately my thing is that I, um, I don't drink coffee because I, when I get into the room, I get a nervous energy naturally, and I feel like I'm a little, you know, it's hard for me to kind of really take a breath and just kind of do it. And so I, uh, I don't drink coffee. That's unless it's like a 4 p.m. audition, then I'll have a coffee in the morning. Yeah. But if if it's an early audition, I just try to avoid having a coffee, and then I just try to do things that um, that get my mind kind of, you know, in a good place, like. Uh, you know, uh, listen to some music that I like, uh, go for a walk. If I can walk to my audition, I will, even if it's, you know, an hour and a half away by walk. And it's an, as long as the weather's nice, I'll walk. I just think that's a great way to, to clear your head. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I just don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, Oh, I like going to the gym. You know, if, if it's in the winter, I'll just go to the gym and then I'll drive to the audition. Uh, just things that just kind of keep me feeling a little chill, you know? Mm. So, for the other, like for other people that come up to you, you know, they talk to you about the acting business and everything. What's some advice do you give to somebody that wants to get into it? You know, I, I would say my biggest advice that, and I just gave this actually, someone wrote to me recently and asked me, uh, someone, uh, you know, a young actor. And I think one of the things besides being the best you can be study as much as you can, you know, be the best that you can be. That is a given, be a good actor. Uh, try as hard as you can. But I think what a lot of people don't um, think is as important as I truly believe it is, is just being a good person. I think being really kind and being one of those people that, you know, if you get an opportunity to go on set, learn people's names, look at the call sheet before, make sure you know other people's names, show up on that set, say hi to everybody, you know, don't be a nuisance make sure that you're there and you do your job and you're professional, but you're also a pleasure to have on that set because people want to work with people that they like and they want to work with people that are nice and that are 
uh, you know, easy to work with. And I think uh, a lot of people think it's all about talent. And as while talent is a huge part of it, uh, at the end of the day, people just want to work with people that they think are good people. And so just be a good person. (laughs) And I think that's really important. That's that's actually kind of uh, like, without mentioning any names, you ever been on set on a, you know, on a different project and there's somebody that's always negative around there and you're like, man, like, I can't work with this person. Like, I, I want out of here. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever had a, 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 a situation that was, in, like, that was crazy. But, yeah. you know, just I have seen actors that have just been, you know, really negative and, like, and, and kind of demanding and things like that. And I'm just like, you know, you don't think that it's affecting you. But you, if you're even if you're rude to the fourth AD on set, like, that fourth AD tells the third, who tells the first, who tells the director, who, like, that gets around. And yeah, also, yeah. like, we're all in this together and... I really can't stand actors that feel like it's all about them. You know what I mean? There's so many moving parts to uh, to making this, and acting is such a tiny part to creating that every single person on that set, you know, and actors like let's be honest, we have it. We truly do have it the best. We're called to set when they need us, and then we're and then the second they're re- rearranging cameras, we're sitting in the green room like we have the easiest job on set. These people are there for 14 hours. Don't be a don't be a dick to them. Like yeah. we're yeah. all in this together. We're all trying to make the best show as po- like that we possibly could. Be nice. Just be nice. It's so easy to be nice. Do you have a? <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, do you have a, like a dream role that you want to play someday that you hope you get your hands on? Yeah, I mean, I want to play something that really scares me. I think I've, um, as much as I love playing the parts that I play, which is usually, you know, awkward, nerdy, neurotic dudes, um, I love doing them, but I've grown, I guess, a little bit of comfort because it's what I feel comfortable doing. And so I don't second, I don't really second guess it too much. So I really want to play something like, you know, I would love to play like a, like a, I don't know, like a really serious, dramatic role, uh, which I felt like I used to do in theater, but then, you know, you obviously get typecast in film. Um, And I would like to step out of that. And, uh, you know, I would like to play someone who's confident. I I rarely get to play someone who feels, you know, very confident in their own skin. And I would love to get a crack at that. And I think it's one of those things that will come, you know, with age. Um, and so I'm looking forward to kind of switching some things up as I get older. Mm. So what's, uh, what's next for you? Well, as of right now, I, uh, I produced a, um, a feature film in last fall, uh, which is called the toll. It was a horror film that, um, we got it to South by Southwest and I was on my way to, I was just about to go to Austin before all this happened. So, uh, we have some exciting stuff coming up with that. We, uh, that I can't really talk about right now, but that's some exciting stuff happening with that film. Um, I shot a food show that I'm editing right now that I'll be pitching soon. Um, I, uh, have an episode of the show called odd squad, uh, coming out soon and then uh, getting back to Kim's convenience when it's safe for us to do so. Mm-hmm. How, how many, uh, yeah. How many episodes do you have left with the film for that? Uh, for Kim's? Yeah. Well, we have all of season five to shoot, so uh, we haven't started yet. Uh, we, uh, I guess we're waiting for when uh, you know it's safe to get back yeah. to, to start shooting. So I guess if it's like every other season, it's another 13 episodes. Um, and uh, I'm ready. When I get that call, I'm ready That's to right. go, you know. <laughs> it's, it's funny because like right before we started recording i was online i was reading how like other things just got pushed back a year and months so, like the new batman got pushed yeah. 
It's like everything's getting pushed. It's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty unpredictable time right now. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't even. I don't know when we'll when we'll get to it. Uh, I know that they're all still working really hard at getting you know getting it ready to go. Um, I truly truly can't wait to get back. Right. It's it's my favorite place to be. Uh, lastly, Michael, how can the listeners uh, find you on social media? Um, you can find me at, at Michael Moosey, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-M-U-S-I, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm not very good at social media. I'm trying to be a little bit better, but I'm not, I'm not, it doesn't come natural to me. So maybe that's, maybe that's something I'll work on during isolation. There you go. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, thanks for coming on. And this was fun. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.